My name is Simon. I am horrified and exhausted. I was on my way from working in the country for anyone who would pay me a day's wage. Today it was a family who hired me to tend to their livestock while they rested after the Passover. But today I ran, ran because I needed to see what was at the center of all the shouting. The people were so angry, but they were getting what they wanted. I saw the governor with prisoners, men already hurting. It seemed to me that there was one prisoner in the middle of the commotion. Pilate, the governor, was doing everything he could to release the man whom he believed to be innocent. But the people were pushing their way closer, shouted him down. I wouldn't have expected the priests and leaders to be so vocal, so vehement, but they shouted that the man named Jesus should be crucified. Crucify him, crucify him, they screamed again and again. I heard that name and I froze. It couldn't be Jesus. It couldn't be the gentle, caring teacher I knew. So I pushed through the throng. I pushed through my fear to be certain that this was not the Jesus I knew. The closer I got to seeing, the angrier the people were getting. For a moment, I thought they might kill him right there. So when I got to the front, when I saw the man beaten and battered, I was shocked to see that it was the teacher Jesus. I wanted to run again, run away from the horror this time, but my legs wouldn't work. I couldn't move. I stood there at the very front, just a few feet away from Jesus. He was almost unrecognizable beneath the blood and the bruising. The soldiers were all that was keeping him from falling to the ground. I didn't move until I felt the shove and heard my name. How did the soldiers know my name? Simon, go carry the beam. I backed away in terror, feet slipping from beneath me, but they kept pushing, kept shoving me closer to Jesus, innocent and wounded. Unfortunately, I knew how this scene would play out. Traditionally, it was the criminal who carried this beam to Golgotha, but Jesus was too beaten, too weak to carry anything. So they pushed me forward, and I picked up the wooden beam and followed behind Jesus. I counted 1,000 steps with the beam on my soldiers following Jesus, staggering between the two soldiers. They forced him in agony to carry his own weight on his broken body. As I labored under the weight of the beam, I could hardly believe that the man before me was Jesus. With every step, I thought he would collapse. This wasn't anything like the Jesus I imagined. When I arrived at Jerusalem almost half a year ago, I was desperate to make money. There were so many oppor more opportunities to work, so many more people to look to hire for a day or a week. I needed to get the rest of, a, of my family here, to be with me, to be part of what was going on in this place. At first, it was just for the money, but now I was hungry for my wife and my two sons to be a part of this new kingdom that I'd been learning about. From sunrise to sunset, I worked, worked hard. And in the evenings, I learned about a new way, a new kingdom, a place where even I was valued. Families invited me into their homes to share what they had and to discuss this man named Jesus. Into the late evening, night after night, we reminisced about the little bits and pieces that we knew. We heard stories of how Jesus healed the sick, how he cast out demons, how he did miracles. There was one young girl who had eaten on the mountainside with Jesus. She told about how no one knew how they would have enough food for everyone to eat, and Jesus kept pulling apart the bread and sharing the fish. What started out as a boy's lunch fed the entire crowd, and there were baskets left over at the end. She said she wouldn't have believed it if she had not seen it for herself, but I did believe. 
I'd already heard the stories about wonders even greater than multiplying food. I had heard that once Jesus raised a friend named Lazarus from the dead. Jesus loved Lazarus and even wept when he died. But then when everyone else had lost hope, Lazarus walked out of his tomb, alive like me. And I have met Lazarus here in Jerusalem, and he is very much still alive. Every testimony that works its way into our meetings helps us all to know the miracle, the Son of God, Jesus the Messiah. If the soldiers asked me if I believed that he was king, I would have to say I do. Jesus is the king who saved me. I'm so careful to remember everything I hear about Jesus, not just the miracles, but the teaching as well. Jesus is a great teacher who has changed the way that we all think. My favorite teaching of Jesus is about the kingdom of God. He teaches that it will not be like anything we have ever experienced before. This kingdom is not a place where we would say, here it is or there it is. The kingdom that Jesus taught is already at the center of who we are. Jesus warned us that we will suffer for believing in him, that we will be rejected by some of the people that we love. When the day comes when we will fully know the kingdom of God, we will be certain that nothing else has value in comparison. Jesus said that whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. I will never forget. This is why I need to get my family to Jerusalem. They must know this kingdom of which Jesus teaches. For weeks I heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, and a few days ago he finally arrived. Just as the scriptures and the prophets had written, Jesus came riding on a colt. He was a new kind of king and every bit as glorious as we imagined. By the time I arrived from working the fields, Jesus was almost past, but I caught a glimpse. He was strong. He was gazing out over the crowds. Everyone who had been meeting for months in secret knew that this was the Jesus we were waiting for. This was the Son of God who would save us all. I shouted with the rest, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Hosanna. The King entered Jerusalem. The King who entered Jerusalem was nothing like the man who could barely walk in front of me. The beam of my soldiers seemed to grow in weight as we approached the place of the skull. I knew where we were going. I knew what they were going to do to Jesus. They planned to murder him. Now we were almost to our destination. The tension is thick in the crowd. This is an uncomfortable mix of the religious elite, Roman citizens, and followers like me. I must be especially careful or I too will be crucified along with criminals beside Jesus. The fear, the exertion of carrying this beam is causing me to sweat and shake. If we don't stop soon, I might fall. The soldiers are fanning out, pushing the crowd back. They're making room for the uh, atrocities that they are about to commit. Two real criminals and Jesus are about to be murdered in the most publicly savage way possible. As we stop, as we arrive at our gruesome destination, without waiting, without saying a word, I carefully placed the beam on the ground next to Jesus. I carried the wood. Jesus will be nailed to the tree. As the soldiers press in, roughly preparing Jesus' body, I discreetly step back into the crowd. Whatever it is that is happening here, I want no part. The crowd is yelling for Jesus to save himself. Some shout these words in love, believing, like I do, that Jesus has the power to end all of this. Most of the crowd mocks Jesus, unaware of the truth. 
pushed from all sides by the crowd, I stand in silence knowing that this will not be the end. While I have only been a follower for a few months, I know full well that the Jesus who performed miracles, the Jesus who healed countless people, the Jesus who raised the dead, the Jesus who is our Messiah will save us all. However, like every other story that has formed my faith, I suspect it will be nothing like anyone expects.